Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Political Talk, the podcast where we want the truth, need the truth, and desperately seek the truth. You've got CNN in the middle. You've got Fox on your right, and you've got MSNBC on your left. You've got two upstarts. The one thing we have to remember with these news networks, as their ratings have collapsed, is they're all pushing an agenda. They all have something in mind that they want us to believe. But like many people should know, if you want the truth, you have to get a little bit of both. You know, you have to get a little bit of CNN. You have to get a little bit of Fox. You have to get a little bit of MSNBC to get the truth. Here at Political Talk, we will push the truth the way you see it and I see it. I don't have an agenda. My agenda is the my agenda is the agenda of getting it right. What's this all for? In the last couple of years, politics has become a sports match. Every four years, we fight over the presidency. The presidency has almost become what many in the sports field would call our championship, and. We fight tooth and nail, and at the end, we're supposed to shake hands, say good game, and go our merry ways. But somewhere along the lines, we stop doing that. We stop shaking hands on the field. We stop showing respect. We stopped looking at the other side as a person. We started looking at the other side as other than. Because in our eyes, we felt they were other than. You know, when I was little, I would watch sports matches. And when my team lost, I would get worked up. I would be angry. And I had to say to myself, why am I getting mad? Why am I getting angry? My team might have lost, but guess what? He's going back to his what? His mansion, his beautiful wife, his wonderful, great life. And here I sit, mad, pissed off, and for what? Because my team didn't win? You know, in 2016, when the Democrats lost, I had many friends tell me they couldn't believe it. They were depressed. They were angry. They were mad. But as time went on, they accepted it to a point. 2020, you could say you had Republicans mad, pissed off, and they refused to accept it. And so how do they deal with their emotions? They have switched to anger. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to get back to a point where we can look at the other side as, a, as an equal combatter. You know, we have to get to back to a point when we can look to the other side as a worthy foe. You know, the thing about politics that I love is two people go in the ring and they don't fight with their fists. They don't fight with their hands. They fight with their ideas. And the best ideas win. Can you imagine that concept? Con- concept? The best ideas win. Now, you could say over time, politics has shifted to maybe a more of a popularity contest. Well, I don't like you, so I'm not going to vote for you. But it shouldn't be that way because this is not high school. We are not electing the student council president. We are electing the president of the United States. And so in my belief, in my mind, the best person should win the job. And when the loser loses, he should shake the winner's hand and say, good game. But somewhere along the lines, we've stopped doing that. We've got sides saying we should be mad. We should not accept this. This is not fair. Of course it's not fair. You lost. Nothing's fair. You have to accept it. That is what politics is all about. You know, if you look at America, we always had one thing we could always tell other countries. We always have a peaceful transfer of power. 
That's why we pushed. We said democracy is so great because guess what? We believe in this thing of peaceful transfer of power. That the loser accept it, accepts it and he shakes the winner's hand and we move on. Because we know that the ultimate prize, the ultimate goal is for the experiment of America, of democracy to roll on. But if we get to the point that we cannot accept the outcome of election, this, this great experiment, this great idea will start to fracture. Will start to what? Break apart at the seams. And what are you left with? You're left with disarray. You see, I look at the same people right now who are pleading and begging to tear us down, pushing for this ultimate civil war they want. But the question I would ask you, will they be with you on the battlefield? Will they stand toe to toe with you? Or is it all just a game? And they're playing it and we're getting worked up by it. Is this the Hunger Games? Is someone turning the knob to the intensity? Because they know to get their ratings, they know to get their followings, they have to jack it up. They have to say the other side is evil. The other side is less than. You are better than them. 2020 was a sham. 2016, Russia collusion. There was a time in my life where the loser accepted and the winner governed. And we accepted the polls. We accepted the outcome because that's what it was. Because guess what? We believed in the process. You know, Donald Trump says he was screwed. But if you go through time, you land at 2016. I mean, 2060. I mean, 1960. Excuse me. And we fall to the 1960 election between Kennedy and Nixon. And when the polls came in, everyone had Nixon winning. But that night, something shifted. You could almost say the dead were <laughs> awakened, which gave Kennedy the edge. Now, many people on Nixon's team said, you should fight this. This is unfair. This is fishy. But Nixon knew democracy mattered more than what they were telling him. Can you imagine that? You've got proof people are telling you. But you know if you do something about your feelings, you could shake the apple cart. You could make things rocky for this country. You know, maybe Nixon saw something in 1960 that we and the historians don't see. Maybe he saw a nation that looked well, but was fragile underneath. So he said, for the good of this nation, we shall not question this election. We look at 2000, another fishy election. Al Gore certified the election because he knew that's what he had to do. Sometimes some things are bigger than you or I. And we have to learn to accept that. But as we listen to the talking heads, they don't want us to be accepted. Because if we start accepting facts, if we start accepting the reality that we are in, and not the reality they want to put us in, they'll lose followers, they'll lose viewership, they will start to lose their wealth. So it's better for them, it is better for them to wound us up. Because when we get wound up, when we get riled up, 
we're ready to die for a cause that is less than. I don't believe the 2020 election was stolen. I believe in facts. Now, I bring this up because I know many people are saying, well, Mark, you're, you're, you're going down this old road. You're beating this old, this old pillow. You're right. I am beating an old pillow. But I'm looking at the facts right now. When you have a United States senator saying that if Trump, if President Trump is charged, there will be chaos on the street. And I go back to my staple to say this. The same people wanting this war, wanting this civil war, where will they be when we fight it? Think about that. 820 people got arrested on January 6th. No pardon, no nothing. They were there for a cause because they bought into what Donald Trump was selling. They bought into what? They were reading in conservative media. And they went to the Capitol to right a wrong they thought was there. But we've come to realize that wrong was the wrong of them being lied to, them being led astray. And now 820 people sit in jail. Think about that. 820 people, maybe not sit in jail, but they were arrested. One guy was given five years. One guy was given four months, two months. Imagine going to jail because you were so passionate. And it was like a coal. You were watching this, you were watching this station. And they were feeding you what you wanted to hear. They were telling you everything that you were feeling and thinking, and they were churning and churning every single fucking day, and you bought it. And you went to the Capitol, and you broke in, and now you are arrested with a record. But the question I ask you, where are those organizers? Where is President Trump? He didn't pardon you. He left you to rot. But yet you listen to Senator Graham. You listen to people on Fox. You listen to people on OAN. You listen to people on Newsmax telling you that you should be upset that the, your dear President Trump's house was raided. Yet. If you look at January 6th, that should be a clear sign when the going gets a little tough. The rich and powerful get going. Because, see, they're not going to fight the war. They're just going to start the war. And they're going to have you fight the war for them. Because they believe people will buy into what they're selling because they won't think they'll go off emotion they'll go off emotion the fire in the fucking belly over something ladies and gentlemen think about it this man's house was broken into not broken into but he he was they wanted their stuff back and, and over time, they asked him nicely. He ignored it. They went through the process. You know, if someone goes through the process to get something back and it's not working, eventually they will call the cops because they need to get their stuff back. And going to the cops should be the last and final result. So you have to look at the facts. And I know many people look at January 6th. I know many people look at Donald Trump's house being gone into as a bad thing. I look 
at it as a man that thinks he's above the law. I look at it as a man that thinks he can get away with what? Anything. You, you see, Donald Trump came from money and wealth. And when you come from that world where people do your bidding, where people do whatever you want them to, you don't have to ask for anything because it will be done. But when Senator Graham says we should be upset, when Senator Graham says we should be hot, the question is, why? Why? If we look at the facts of what happened when they went into his house, we would see a clear sign. They asked him nicely. They went through the process. He, you see, he thought he knew better then. He thought they would never take it as far as they did. And when they did, he didn't know what to do. But yet we're supposed to get mad. Yet we're supposed to get angry. Yet we're supposed to take to the streets because we feel this nation is slipping through our grasp. And we could never be more wrong. America is strong. It is strong. But it's only as strong as we want it to be. Think about that. If we start allowing ourselves to be led astray, if we start allowing the doubts to be played with, for people to play on those feelings, those thoughts, we get a January 6th. We get Donald Trump House was raided. And if you listened and if you read everything on that day, you would have seen the pissed off, the, the, the hotness of people just upset about what happened to their dear president. Now, I will say the fever has turned down a little, but... The problem I'm seeing now is that you're even having Republicans refuse to answer if Donald Trump was in the wrong. And the question I would say is why? He ran a campaign on a woman who had material illegally that she was not supposed to have. He said, we shall not give her the keys to the kingdom because she does not know how to handle classified documents. Yet as we look now, that same message could be diverted to, some people call him the chosen one. You know, the thing about politics is, politics, you have to be careful what you say because it can always come back and bite you in the ass. And what we're seeing is Donald Trump's 2016 campaign is right at our front door. And the comparison you're constantly seeing is, well, you're seeing Hunter Biden. We'll, we'll, we'll put Hunter Biden over here. We'll talk about it for a minute. But you're seeing the Hillary Clinton uh, comparisons. Was Hillary Clinton wrong? Yes. She was wrong to have what? The server. Now, now we, 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 we parse it, we look at it. Some people say she had the server because she was scared of Republicans requesting information. So she did it for what? Political reasons, which is wrong, uh, uh, just on the face of it. But she was wrong to have the server. Now, here's a woman that sat for 11 hours in front of Congress. Here's a woman that sat and interviewed by the FBI. Now, you can't lie to the FBI because it's a federal offense. But think about it. Hillary Clinton sat and talked to the FBI about the server. 
Think about that. She sat and talked to the FBI. Think about that. Now, we always want to compare Trump's issues to Hillary Clinton. But Trump had documents that weren't his. They belonged to the what? The American people. And the government was nicely to ask them back. And he ignored it. Can you imagine if Hillary Clinton just annoyed the FBI? Didn't pay them no mind, said I'm not going to even entertain it. The right would have flipped their fucking shit. But for Donald Trump, it's okay. It's okay if he, he ignores the FBI. We'll let that pass. It's not a big deal. It's, it's just Donald Trump. When it came time to talk to what Mueller, he wouldn't do it. I, I, I want to write questions. I, I want questions written out to me so I can answer them. Do we think he answered them or do we think his lawyer answered them? Here's a man that talks a big game, but when it comes time to sit down and tell the facts to the FBI, to Congress, he can't do it. So when I hear people make that comparison, I always think that Hillary Clinton talked to the FBI. Hillary Clinton talked to Congress. Trump couldn't even talk to Mueller. He could, he, he, he ignored the FBI, because guess what? He thought he knew better. He thought that everything was beneath him. We can't have a president that thinks he's above the law. President, ex-president, because if it gets to that point, that all you have to be is a what? A president or an ex-president, and you get parental, you get special treatment, hell, anybody would want to be president. Because you are above the law. And that's what we're saying. We're saying laws be damned. They don't matter because guess what? You're above the law. So when I look at what happened to Donald Trump, I don't feel bad. But when I hear people saying the AG, Merrick Garland, should not charge Donald Trump or she he should take into consideration what could happen in this country if he does. You know, I've always been taught and told that Lady Justice is blind. Hell, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Lady Justice is only blind for what? People who are rich. Maybe Lady Justice is blind for people who are what? Ex-presidents, ex-politicians. Because when Lady Justice comes to the regular folks, the people like me or you, hell, she can see it all. I think Merrick Garland should follow the facts. Some people say AG should take into consideration what could happen. And, and you could say maybe he should. But then I think you're setting a dangerous precedent when you do that, I think if Donald Trump did wrong, if he did wrong and you see the facts, then you should charge him. And some people say, I hope you have more. And I, and I could say, I, I would like to say, I hope that if they do bring charges, they have more than just he had documents. But if that's what you have, if that is the case you have, so be it. Because at the end of the day, if anybody I know tells me they're rioting, they're going to start the next civil war over this, I'm going to say why. Donald Trump was wrong. He's not the president. Only the president of the United States has executive or has executive privilege, not the ex-president. Only the president of the United States can declassify material, not the ex-president. And he said he had a standing order. He had a standing order. Well, if he had a standing order, do you think the FBI would have gone to his house? If he had a standing order, usually people who have 
orders that are standing, there's a what? A memo to back it up. You just show them the memo and we move on. But there was no standing order. It is something he just made up because he felt the pressure starting to get to him. So as you see, he shifted constantly, throwing everything at the wall, hoping something sticks. We have to be smarter than what they think we are. We have to be better than what they think we are. They think we're idiots. They think we're not smart. They think we will fight a war over bullshit. If I'm going to fight a civil war, it's got to be worth it. It's got to be worth my time plus yours. Ladies and gentlemen, facts have to matter. Because if they don't, God knows where we're about to end up. I will say this before I move on. We have to ask ourselves, what is it in our interests? Donald Trump was a decent president. He did things that he said he would do. Some people say he was the best president of their lifetime. I, okay, I give that to you. But being the best president of your lifetime, we can't be blinded by the facts when he does something wrong. We have to be willing to hold our leaders to standards that they don't want to hold themselves to. Because the moment that we do that, truly, then we can start being the country the Founding Fathers knew we would be. We can stop getting comments like if the department of justice goes after if the department of justice goes after this man we will go to the streets you know i look at senator graham and i ask myself senator with all due respect you want to tear down this institution you want to tear down this great experiment you want to tear down this great idea isn't that putting you out of a job? Do you believe in your heart of hearts that Donald Trump was right with having classified documents? Do you believe in your heart of hearts he was justified in doing what he did? Because if he was justified in doing what he did, how come you said all that stuff about Hillary Clinton? You can't shift it when it's your guy. You see, that's why people don't like politics because it gets to a point where it's not fair. It's, it's hypocritical. If you said it about Hillary Clinton, you have to say it about Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has said a lot of shit about a lot of people. So all the shit he said about everybody else, he has to live up to it. He has to own up to it. You had classified documents. You ignored everyone who tried to get it back. You thought you knew better. And in the end, it bit you in the ass. Because the FBI and the National Archives said what? We want our documents back. These documents belong to the American people. Shouldn't we want that? Shouldn't we want agencies that fight for our records, our things, just as spirit, just as strong as we would? Now, people will say, well, the, you know, the National Archives is just a small government agency that no one pays attention to. And you're right. No one pays attention to the National Archives. But if you've ever been to a presidential library, if you've ever been to a political museum, look at the National Archives. It comes from there. 
Their job might be boring. Their job might be lame. But at the end of the dot, at the end of the day, their job is making sure we have the documents we ha we need to keep this country safe. They're the keeper of the documents. They're the keeper of the records. So your children and grandchildren can learn what happened during this time. But if we start saying we know better and it doesn't matter, aren't we setting ourselves up for failure? Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to like how things happen. We don't have to like the outcome. But at the end of the day, we need to respect the process. We need to respect the outcome because at the end of the day, that is all we have. And we should not be led astray to go fight a war we don't believe in. Because I'm not fighting a civil war. Because in my heart of hearts, I know, I know that what they're doing is not right. I know what they're doing is they're trying to ramp me up for something that doesn't matter. Like I'm saying, will they be with us when we stand on the battlefield? And the answer is no. They want us to fight this war. They want us to fight this cause. You know, if we could just sit down at the table, we would see that we have so much in common. The one thing we have in common, we all want a good school, we want a good job, we want, a good, we want to get paid good. And we could start from there. We don't have to think alike. But... Ladies and gentlemen, we have to realize what they're doing to us. When they call for us to take to the streets because the leader of the party is arrested. That would mean, like I've been saying, that just to get out of any, just to get out of anything, you need to be president of the United States. And ladies and gentlemen, the president is not above the law. The Republicans would have you think he is, but he is not. Trump is just like you and me. He's a regular man. Yes, at one time he was president. Did he break the law? Yes. Should he be held accountable and found guilty? Yes. He doesn't deserve special privileges. But guess what? We have to show the world that America stands for something. And if you break the law, no matter how powerful, rich, famous you are, you will be held accountable. Because the moment we stop doing that, we stop existing as a democracy. We stop existing as America. We show people that the rich, the powerful can get out of anything. Because trust me, if it was you or if it was me who had classified documents, do you think we would be shown the difference? We would be shown the respect that Donald Trump was, has been shown? No. But they don't want to say that. They want to paint a picture. You see what I've been saying along? It's called sleight of hand. Don't look at what they're doing, just look at what I'm telling you. Don't look at my hands, look at what I'm telling you. Look at my mouth, don't look at my hands. Don't trust anyone, but trust me. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that is a scary proposition. But that is a proposition that people on the right and some on the left want us to believe. Facts matter. And the moment they stop mattering, mattering, the moment they stop mattering is the moment we are lost.
the moment we have just given in to the nonsense, to the bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not do this. Let's not give in to the nonsense. Let's not give in to the bullshit. Let's move on. The biggest story this week would have to be student loan forgiveness. Student loan forgiveness. Now, I've said in the past, I don't agree with it. Now, I will be honest. Would it benefit me? Yes, it would benefit me. I do have student loans. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like Uncle Sam should be bailing out people with student loans. But I also support it because there are some people out there who have student loans and they just can't get from under. Think about that. There's some people who took out a small loan and the loan, the loan has quadrupled because of the interest. Now, some people say this is a political gamut. Yes, it is a political gimmick. Right to do this right before an election, a midterm election, this is a political gimmick. But as much as I don't agree with it, I support it. Think about it. We claim to be this great Christian nation, one, one nation under God. But when it comes out to live the true principles of what God was saying, we want no part of it. We bailed out the banks. We've bailed out corporations. We've bailed out the car companies. But when it comes time to bailing out the regular man, we can't do it. Think about that. I heard people say this is the first time that I feel like the nation has had my back. Think about that. The first time this person his whole life has actually felt like America has had their back. You see, I've started to realize we've been brainwashed. We have been brainwashed. We, we give tax cuts to the rich. We bail them out when they get in tight situations. And we think nothing of it. Because we've been told that it's going to benefit us if we give that rich person some money. It will trickle down to us. But ladies and gentlemen, has it ever trickled? I'm still waiting. Ladies and gentlemen, student loan forgiveness will affect everybody. It will help the economy. It will give people breathing room. Some people, it will be a, a small blimp. And some people, it'll wipe their whole debt away. You know, when you're paying interest and every day, it, it's almost like you're digging a hole and you can't get out from under it. And you're digging and you're digging and you're digging and more sand keeps piling in. And you're just waiting for the little bit of relief. And the relief never comes. And you hear Democrats talking about student loan forgiveness. But it never comes. But you see the banks get bailed out. You see the automakers get bailed out. You see businesses during COVID get bailed out. Rich people who, think about it. People worth millions getting PPP loans. You know what I told people? You know what? I don't own a business. But why should I pay for that business to get a loan forgiven. You know, we have this misconception in our head where we think things are free. Tax cuts aren't free. That PPP loan wasn't free. That bank bailout wasn't free. That automaker loan wasn't free. Someone had to pay for it. And that is the American people. But God forbid if we give the American people their money back. God forgive if we look at the American people and say, guess what? We're going to take care of some of your debt. We are brainwashed. And the right is working overtime. I'm sure there are people on the right who have student loan debt. Are you telling me you don't want Uncle Sam to help you out? Would you prefer he help 
the rich? Would you prefer he help that business who doesn't pay taxes at all? Ladies and gentlemen, we, I, my brother's keeper, I live a mindset of we should help our neighbors. If my neighbor is struggling and I have it, I should give. If my neighbor needs clothes and I have it, I should give. If my neighbor is struggling and needs a roof over his head, I should give. But we live in a country where it's me, it is I. If it doesn't affect me, screw everyone else. Look at what happened during COVID. We heard the mindset of people didn't want to wear masks. Don't they want to take care of their fellow man? No. And now we look at the student loan debt forgiveness is that same mindset. Because people look at it, how is this going to affect me? Someone made the good point. They said, you know, there's some debt that people have just defaulted on. Because people cannot pay it. It has quadrupled, it has doubled. You know, I was thinking when I was hearing the conversation for some people, to truly fix the student loan debt problem in this country, we could give students student loans without interest, where they just pay the principal. We could do small things. We could say, we will... Forgive your student let if you join the military, if you do a national service of some kind, if you give back to your community. We could do those things. But we also have to look at the people not being able to pay their student loans. How is it affecting them? How is it affecting our society? Because it's hindering them for, from growing, from blossoming, from contributing to the nation as a whole. Some people say, well, this is just going to rise inflation. Inflation from what? Is it going to rise college costs? Maybe. The question we should also be asking is why is college so expensive? You know, I saw a documentary and these colleges, the amenities these colleges had, amazing. And you looked at the pictures and it made you want to go there. These amenities were drawing people in because they knew if they had these great things for people to do, they would want to go to that college, which means they would have to raise the cost to cover the cost of the great things. Why don't we go to colleges and say, you know what? We want to go to college to learn. We're not there to party. Take the bullshit down and let's go bare bones. College is a learning expensive expense. College is a learning experience. Excuse me. Not a free-for-all, not a cruise ship. And I'm not the cruise, I'm not the cruise ship director. College should be affordable. We can do small things to make it affordable. We could pass legislation to cap college expense. Oh, we could pass legislation that would cap how much they can raise tuition. Interest-free student loans. The biggest thing I think of, and I thought to myself, I remember when I was in eighth grade. And eighth grade is the moment where you're about to enter high school and you're about to be put on a path of, are you going to technical school or are you going to college? And the one thing that was pushed heavily, heavily, and I think it still is, is college. And a kid like myself, who, you know, I'm in eighth grade, I don't know a lot. 
all my friends are going to college. They're telling me how great college is. So, hell, maybe I should go to college. I think we need to shift the conversation. I think we need, instead of pushing college, we maybe need to push technical school. You know, have the guy from the college show up, speak to the kids, tell them how great and wonderful it is. And once he's done, have the guy from the technical college show up. He pulls out the board. He starts writing numbers on it. He pulls the TV and he hits play. I'm a police officer, yada, yada, yada. This is what I do. And I never would have got it if I didn't go to technical school. I'm a CDL truck driver, yada, yada, yada. This is what I do. I never would have got this, you know, my CDL without technical school. I'm a plumber and so on and so on. Think about if he did that. And then he says, as they're telling what they do, he starts writing by the numbers, the position, truck driver, police officer, EMT, firefighter. And once the video is done, he says, this is how much these people made last year. Kids would say, what? This is what these people made last year. And then he writes a number he has on the bottom. He circles, this is what you could make with a four-year degree. But this is what you could make by just taking something that lasts a couple of months, if not weeks. You shift the conversation and show kids at that age who are money conscious that they can make money by going to technical school. To show them that the four-year degree is nice. It's nice to have. It's nice to put on the wall. It's nice to show your family, your grandmother. But having that technical trade is nice too. And it pays well. We can shift the conversation. We can do those things. They might not be easy. Of course, they're going to be hard because we live in this nation for, for so long. It's been college, 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 college. Maybe we need to shift the conversation now to technical school in college. They go hand in hand. They work. College is not for everyone. Technical school is not for everyone. You somehow you have to find what is best for you. And at this age, you might not know what's best for you. But the question I would ask every eighth grader in here would be, what do you want to do? What are your interests? And when you find your interests, you'll find what you want to do with your life. Some of you in this classroom will be teachers. Some of you in this class will be truck drivers, plumbers, HVAC. Lawyers, doctors, getting a technical degree, some people might look down on you. But guess what? You're making a living. You're making money. And you got it in less time than that guy got with his college degree. Now, the one thing we're looking at with the student loan forgiveness is Biden has capped it at 100 if you make you can't make over 125 grand. And I could see that because you do have to have it means tested. Otherwise, it becomes this great giveaway to the rich kids who can afford college. Also, the number is 10 grand, 20 grand if you have a Pell grant. I think you don't want to do it too large because you want to give a little help. You don't want to give too much help. And I think 10 grand to 20 with Pell Grant is an ideal and great number. I think 125 grand capping people off is a great number. And I think people who tell you otherwise, <laughs> the question you should ask them would be, well, what do you think the number is and do you think the government can truly afford that 
This is a helping hand. This isn't me doing everything for you. And I think that's what Biden is doing. Now, the question I would ask my friends who are against this would be why? I mean, a lot of people I've talked to over the last couple of days, and I try to say, well, we bailed out you know, the PPP loans. Well, business. And, and they, they, they didn't, you know, PPP was for business. And the government had to give them. Well, technically, no. Look at the Great Depression. You know, Hoover at that time, we look, we look back now, he should have given them, but he didn't. But he should, okay, I'm, I'm, he shouldn't. But it's socialism. The PPP loan was socialism. The thing about socialism is people hate it till they need it. And if you have a business, you should have been prepared for all kinds of events. Did you get shut down because of COVID? Yes, but you should be prepared. You should have a rainy day fund. I don't have a business, but guess what? I supported the PPP loan because guess what? It benefited my neighbor. And I'm all about helping my fellow man. And when we were giving COVID funds out to bail out all those industries, I did not think anything of it. Because I know if you're a follower of history, when people are in trouble, the government steps up and does its job. We live in a capitalist, capitalist society. And in capitalism, we don't support socialism. So in capitalism, only the fittest will survive. And so if we stuck to that model where my friends want to stick to, a lot of businesses would have failed and their doors would have shuttered and they never would have opened again. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are standing here as a nation, one nation of the God, because we believe in the principles, or at least I do, of helping my fellow man. So for anybody saying they don't agree with the student loan forgiveness, my question would be why? Did you bat an eye when we gave those big tax cuts under Trump that helped the rich? Did you know those tax cuts make uh, the business tax cuts permanent, but ours get capped at, at 10 years? Did you bat an eye when we gave money to businesses during COVID? Did you bat an eye when we gave money to restaurants, when we bailed all those people out? Or is it that you only bat an eye when it comes time to help your fellow man? Like I said, I don't agree with student loan forgiveness. I think it is wrong. But I support it because it's helping my fellow man. And at the end of the day, will it help me? Yes, it will help me. Is that a bad thing? No. Will it help you? I hope. Some people, it will take care of all their debt. Some people, their debt will get cut in half. Some people will feel somewhat of a relief. I think this is just a starting point. If I was advising Biden when he was coming this, I would say, you know what, Mr. President? Maybe everyone who has student loan debt, you kill the interest. You take the interest away, and you just make people pay the principal. Maybe you do that as some kind of relief. I think if you were to do that, Mr. President, people could not say much and you would put the right in a very tough position because the right would want to come out against this. But the question would be, if you're just killing the interest and people are just paying the principal, how can you be against this when it's helping people in student loan debt? You know, there was a couple I saw on TV, and they their debt combined was two hundred grand, and they were staying with the wife's mother. And I said to myself, "That's like a damn near house." Their 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 student loan. Like I've been saying, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to agree with what Biden did. Hell, I didn't agree with the Trump tax cuts, but. At the end of the day, shouldn't it be about helping your fellow man, about making sure they're taken care of? 
I mean, if you supported the tax cuts, shouldn't you support this? Student loan forgiveness is not for everybody. But and 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 hell, it's only gonna help a few. It's gonna it's gonna give some people some breathing room. But at the end of the day, it's gonna help those who truly need it. And to live in a country that believes in finally helping the little man, when for so long we've helped the rich, the powerful, it's a great feeling. Laws have consequences. Laws have consequences. And what I'm saying about that, there was a lawmaker in a southern state, and he talked about how he passed the, the near no-exemption abortion man. And he talked about how a young woman was about to lose her uterus because she couldn't get a procedure that she needed. And this lawmaker was conflicted because he had voted for, he was anti-abortion. He had, he had voted for this law. And I was spellbound because here is a lawmaker that doesn't realize that the laws he passes in his state capital affects the people of his state. You see, you don't have to like abortion. You could think it's the worst thing in the world. But that's what you believe. And as an elected representative, shouldn't you be representative representing everyone in your state? Because if you're taking your feelings, your ideology, and you're placing it at the feet of others, we're just doing what the Muslim countries do. Now, like I've said before, I don't agree with abortion, but that's how I feel. It's a medical procedure that helps women. And what we're coming to find out is sometimes it's not take killing a baby. Sometimes it's the life of the mother, a uterus issue, a baby that is dead in the womb, and the doctor's too scared to perform a procedure because she doesn't want to go to jail. There are some Republicans now who are softening their stance on abortion because of what happened in Kansas. Nebraska wants to pass a severe abortion ban, but the governor does not have the votes. I think people looked at Kansas and were shocked that a red state would uphold abortion. That it's a, It made me laugh when those same lawmakers wanted a recount to make sure it was right. Why? Because you think all conservatives support abortion bans? I think some women might not like abortion, but they support a woman's right to choose. And at the end of the day, shouldn't that be all that matters? For that lawmaker in that state not to know that what he votes on, what he supports, supports affects you and me and he was broken up about it because the girl was about to lose her uterus i think they they resolved the issue and he was happy about it but it gave him pause what they do as lawmakers has meaning i think you're going to see a lot of people look at what happened in kansas and you're going to see a lot of people think about putting it on the ballot. If the, if the legislature truly wants us, the American people, to decide, put it on the ballot. Let the people vote. Can you imagine that concept? If all 50 states had an abortion ban on the ballot? <laughs> the funny thing about Kansas is when they put the law out, on the, on the ballot, they put it on a day that they thought no one would show up. You know, a primary election, no one's going to come out. And their goal was slick, but their goal was this. If people don't come out, the law will pass. But they weren't expecting that people would come out. Like I've said, abortion is wrong, but that is what I feel. 
And I think as you see lawmakers starting to soften in their stance because they look at what happened in Kansas, they're realizing that maybe I shouldn't be so dead set on being anti-abortion. Maybe I need to have some space on that stance. Maybe I need to be open a little bit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, as we wound down this episode, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking by me. And thank you for staying here. (laughs) If you like the content, please subscribe. If you like it, share with your friends. Let's grow. Let's build something. They want us to start a civil war, but will they be there? Student loan forgiveness is not for everybody, but it's there to help our fellow man. We bailed out the banks. We bailed out the rich. And when it comes time to bailing out you or me, that's where we draw the line. Lawmakers have to remember what they do has consequences, and they can't be shocked when the outcome is not what they thought it would be. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. God bless. We love you. Thank you for listening.